Oh, thanks so much, guys. You can grab a seat. I just had a bit of a moment as we were we were worshiping there in that um, what a beautiful name song, which is a special song for me and my household because we've had some real moments when we felt under attack and we've used that song and worshipped and declared the truth and just change changes happened. And uh, for me, it's just not a song where we sing words; it's this powerful meaning in that, and it's really helped us as a family. But as I was worshiping, I just you know sometimes when you're worshiping, you give it a little side eye, see what's going on around you on the sly. And I just opened my eye and I, I looked to the left and there's young Daisy who's 12, 13, 12, 13 years old. Eyes closed, both hands in the air. And I thought, it just got me. Because she is touching the heart of the Father. And it's just like, wow, this young girl who's just touching the heart of the Father because it doesn't matter how many people in the room, it doesn't matter what the stage looks like, what the lights look like, I just want to raise my hands to you, Jesus, in submission because you're my king. 13 years old. And do you know what happens? When you, when you do that, you touch the heart of the Father, and then when you communicate with him in prayer and share your heart and your needs to him, because you've touched his heart, your prayer moves the hand of the one who can move mountains. That girl's prayer life's going to go somewhere. And I want to believe as a church that you challenge yourself to get yourself into a frame of mind where I'm coming to church to worship. I'm coming to church to bow the knee and give Jesus my heart all over again. And I guarantee you, your prayer life will go somewhere new because you're able to move the hand that moves stuff. Amen. Touch three people and say, come on, let's be a worshiping church. Also, appreciate your prayers for two things for me personally. Firstly, I've just found out I'm buying the whole church coffee. Prayer for my finances, please. If anyone wants to throw some my way, I as well greatly received. I do love my wife, but she loves to spend money. <laughs> but um, on so tonight I travel to Surrey. Tomorrow morning I'm getting on a plane to go to Rome to hang out for three days with all the Equippers European pastors, which is going to be absolutely brilliant. I'm excited about it. There's four or five German churches. There's a couple in Switzerland now. There's one in Denmark. I think there's three in Italy. There's the three locations in the UK. We're all going to get together, and it just keeps your vision big. It's okay seeing what's happening here, but how good to go and see what's not happening in the UK, but in Europe. So please pray for me. But I've had a bit of a moan at them, if I'm honest, because Monday's Valentine's Day. So there's me going to Rome, where St. Valentine actually was on my own. I'm like, come on, pastors, are we the least romantic people in the world? So I've had a moan. I've had a proper moan. But I don't know if you've ever even looked into Valentine's Day, but um, St. Valentine was a quite a cool guy, real guy. It's not just a, a myth. And he was a, a bishop, I believe, in Rome. And uh, at the time, the Roman emperor didn't want people getting married. And the reason he didn't want people getting married is because when they were married, they didn't have to serve in the army for a little while, and he was getting depleted in the army, so he put a ban on marriages. St. Valentine was having none of it. He, on the sly, on the sneak, behind the scenes, was marrying everyone who wanted to get married. Because he believed in marriage. God believes in marriage. We believe coming together. You know, we're not going to allow this stuff. And so he just did it. Of course, the Roman emperor found out, didn't like it, and uh, beheaded St. Valentine. But while he was in prison waiting for his execution, he got to know the jailer's daughter who was blind. He prayed for her and she received her sight. And when he was being taken out for his execution, he gave her a note and said, do well in life. I love you. You're Valentine. And that's why we write these little letters from your Valentine. So it actually is a Christian thing. 
And I know this, I know there's lots of people who don't celebrate Valentine's Day. And if I'm honest with you, I get the ump about that. And it's like, oh, it's so commercialised, and oh, I'm romantic all the year round. Are you, though? <laughs> really, though, are you? Come on. We speak some truth in this room. I hope you are, but even if you are, and I think I am. Yes, I'm getting the okay, I'm getting the okay. <laughs> I think I am, but this is just another great opportunity to be romantic, to summon the person you love the most. So why wouldn't you? And it's actually a Christian thing. So all you men out there in particular, because I don't think women have problems with this so much, all you men out there, come on, stir up that romantic person in you on Monday. Make your lady feel super special. Can I get an amen somewhere in the house? And pray for me, because I'm actually going to be in Rome, and my wife's not. All good. Should we pray this message in? Father. Lord, I want to thank you for every amazing person that calls Equippers Church Essex home. I want to thank you in advance for all the brilliant people that are going to be calling Equippers Essex home. Thank you that this year is going to be a standout year for everyone individually, for every family represented, and for us as a church. Thank you that we are going to change the world. Thank you that lives will be transformed because we are making ourselves available to your purposes. I pray even today that a fresh empowerment would fall on your church. That we wouldn't do things in our strength, but we would do them in your strength. And that we would get the kind of results that have to have been you, not just us. And all those people said, amen, amen. So we're on this series of messages. I wonder, could we just put those backlights on? That would be helpful for me so I can see what's going on at the back there. Um, we're in this series of messages based on our theme. And um, the theme is from Ezekiel 47. I'm not going to read the, the 12 verses. Ezekiel 47 verses 1 through 12. Take your time to read it. You can open your app now if you like. Um, do it at home. But get familiar with that passage. There's so much in it. But the gist of it is there's this picture of a river that flows from out of the temple and goes out. And everywhere it goes, it starts getting deeper and wider. And wherever the water touches, it brings life, health, provision and healing. What a mandate. God is saying, Equippers Church Essex, in fact, Equippers UK, it's all of our theme in the UK. That's my mandate on you. I want you to get out of the temple and take life with you. How exciting. But one of my goals in this message and in future messages on this topic is to demystify it. The trouble is with these pictorial messages, some people love that. They see the image and they can run with it. And some people are thinking, river, temple. Bank? What, what on earth's that got to do with me? And I get that. And so I want to demystify it and, and, and sort of unpack this idea of what does stepping in the flow really mean and can I make it accessible to everyone? Because you're included. So we have this picture, and I don't know, give me a wave if you've ever been to the beach. Hands up if you've been to the beach. That probably most people. And um, we love a beach holiday in our household. Um, but when you go to the beach, there's always that one person who's proper keen to get in the sea. Yeah, you know that person, don't you? You're there, you're, you're, you're happy, getting your, your, your sunbathing positions out, digging your hole, making a sandcastle, playing bat and ball. With all that. And then there's this one, I'm going in the sea. And they totter off to the sea. And... Um, Oh, there was this one time we went to, to Mexico for our, for our honeymoon. It was so hot. Have you ever walked on hot sand? It was so hot. I'm telling you, you couldn't do more than three paces without feeling you were burning yourself. And there's me on my honeymoon trying to be the man. And uh, we're going to go in the sea, darling. We're going to go in the sea. And I'm like this. Hoo, hoo, 
<laughs> Look like a right idiot, but that's an aside. So there's this person who wants to get in the sea, and, and off they totter, and, and they're, they're in there, and, and then this is what always happens, and it always happens. Guys, the water's lovely, come in! And you're thinking, it's flipping freezing. <laughs> come in, guys, you're going to love it! And in the end, you just feel obliged, don't you? You have to go in there, and you walk in there, and then this is where we enter this picture, your ankle deep, and you're like, oh, it's really not fine. It's lovely, keep coming! And then they do this, how annoying is this? They flick the water at you. The flicky water is colder than the actual water. It hits you, you're like, no, stop it. Oh, that may do even more then. We have all know that person, don't we, right now. But then you push in and you, you get down to your knees and, and to your waist and you start getting used to the water. It's not too bad. Eventually you get in there and it actually is quite nice. My son, Josh, he hates the sea. He hates it. And we went to Cos one year on a holiday and we bought some lilos and uh, he did, he got in there and he, and he took the time and he's gone on that journey of getting in. It took him a little while, but then he got on his lilo. He was out there for over an hour and I know he was enjoying it because it was dinner time. And if anyone knows my son, he's like banging on the door. Is it dinner yet? What are we having for dinner? When was it? How long are we going to have to wait? Come on, Mum, hurry up. But I'm like, Josh, it's dinner. We're going in. Five more minutes. He was absolutely, we couldn't get him out of the sea. He was loving it. But here's this picture of this man saying to Ezekiel, look, and he's inviting him in. Come with me. Ezekiel has to get in the river to experience the picture. And so he takes him on this journey of ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and all in. And it's flowing from the temple. But here's the key, and here's the first key for you as a person this year. For you to experience what God wants to do, you have to get in. You have to get in. Touch three people and say, you have to get in. I'm going to unpack it and make it demystify it, but the key is you have to get in. There's various positions in this picture. It starts at the temple. Now know this, the temple's a safe place. It's solid ground, good stuff's happening there. But little impact, if any at all, is happening outside of itself. The impact happens as, it, as you flow out, as you get in the water and you go outside of the temple. There's the banks. And wherever the water touches the banks, healing occurs. It says that the, the, the trees bear fruit in season continually and bring healing. Everywhere the banks go, it touches. You might be someone on the banks. Sarah brilliantly referred today, watching what's going on. And that's okay. And where you get touched, you will get healed. But to make a difference, you need to add your weight to the flow and get in. Eventually, you've got to choose to get in. But then there's these little points, isn't there? Now, I think ankle deep and knee deep are, are quite similar. You know, when you think of knees, for instance, in a church context, it's a place of prayer. Down on my knees before you, Lord. It's this place of prayer. And the thing is with, with knee deep and ankle deep, you can get in the water. You start to experience what it feels like to be in the flow, and it's quite nice. But you're in control. At any point at this depth, you could turn around and think, I'm not up for this, and easily walk out. Easily go, you're in control. You get to waist deep. And you're at that sort of point of transition now because it's actually quite difficult to get out. You've almost got to turn around and go against the flow to get out or it's probably easier from that point to step in. Do you see? It's a different thing. And so you get to waist deep and then you've got a decision to make. Am I going all in here or am I getting out of it? But you're experiencing something. But when you get all in, you need to know this. Here's the reality. Wherever the river goes, 
it takes life and healing. God has got good plans for you and you are part of his good plans. If you will just chuck yourself in, this is a place of learning to trust God and trust him at his word that if I throw myself in God, whatever that looks like, and we'll unpack it, whatever that looks like, I'm prepared to do that. Good things are going to happen. You can be sure of that. You need to actually come to a place where you let go and you let God. And that is easy to say and sometimes difficult to do. But come on, can we do it? Can we say, today I'm making a choice to do my best to take steps forward. You'll find yourself somewhere in this picture. Now, getting in the flow, let's bring some practicalities around this. Getting in the flow is clearly a picture of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit so often is, is looked at in pictorial terms as water, and here we have this water flowing out. So it's the, the idea is we're getting in with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was explaining to his disciples that he's going to go back to the Father, and they're like, don't do that. He says, it's better. It's better that I go, because I'm going to send a helper. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit. He's the one who's going to guide us forward, who's going to protect us from the side, who's going to comfort us and, and lead us into truth. The Holy Spirit comes to help us. And all through the New Testament, you'll find it everywhere. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a biblical mandate on the church. He wants to fill you, but he's not going to bust your doors down. He wants you to come to a place of saying, I'm up for that. And it's a decision. So there's this idea of, of getting in the flow with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you look at a picture like this, I think various people have different reactions to it. And one reaction is, oh... Listen to Pastor Barry's preaching about getting in the flow. I must be more spiritual. I've got to be more spiritual. Must try harder. Got to get in the flow better. I, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but I know there'll be people feeling that. Got to try harder. I'm not spiritual enough. Uh, uh, uh. And what happens is if you find yourself in that place, you end up in a place of frustration and disappointment. I can't do it. I'm just not spiritual enough. Oh, it's all right for that person over there. They're always praying out, and they're always, but that's not where I'm at. And oh, what's the point? And you've got knee deep, and you think, oh. But God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to choose just to trust him. Let me add in another spiritual truth to this same picture. And we find it here in Psalm 139 and verse 14. It says this, you'll know it. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Know this. Get it in you. God made you. And he crafted you on purpose. You need to be you. You don't need to be anyone else or anything different. And here's the reality. God put things in you at your conception. They're in you. He put them there. They're the things you're good at. They're the things you enjoy. They're the personality you have. The people you're drawn to. This is all God's put it in there right from conception. And the trouble is so often in our society, we try to be someone else or something else. And our easiest place to flow is when we're just us. Yeah. It's okay to be you. You are brilliant. So if we come to that place, thinking of the river now, where I want to get in, which really means I want to flow with the Holy Spirit. What we're saying is, I'm going to make a decision today to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to live in me. Will you guide me? What's the Holy Spirit then going to do? Is he going to suddenly turn you into something completely different? No. 
He was there when you were conceived. He put stuff in you right from there. So when you say that, what the Holy Spirit's actually going to do is come in and empower from heaven what he already put in you. You haven't got to be someone else. In actual fact, he's going to supersize the real version of you. This is you being you with heaven attached to it. So you haven't got to be something different. Living in the flow is actually about expressing yourself better because you're allowing God to lead you rather than trying so hard to be something you're not. And I know we all do that sometimes. You need to know that you're brilliant. You are brilliant. You really are. And whatever voices tell you something different, that isn't coming from the Holy Spirit. So the goal here this year is to tune so much into the Holy Spirit that the other noises get quieter. And then you can be led forward. Amen? You, this is what I love. let's, Let's put a scenario around it. You know, that's great, Barry, I get all that. But where do I fit into this Ezekiel picture then flowing everywhere, bringing life? What does that even mean? Well, how about this? There are people all over our society living in dark and dying situations. Hopeless, struggling, hurting, just in difficult, difficult times. And then here you are coming into an environment of worship, the temple, the church as we call it today. And we say, Jesus, thank you. We love you. Today, I thank you for who you made me. I bow the knee and I worship you. And God says, yes, just like Daisy. Yes, I love that. I can use that. I can work with that. And then you make this decision. Lord, I am all in. It's my choice. It's not being forced. I'm all in. Wherever you guide me, I'm just going to go there. And this is then what happens. You get about your day-to-day work and you bump into someone who's having a difficult time. By wave of hand, has anyone bumped into someone who's having a difficult time? Lots of people. You bump into someone. It's like you've come to the temple. You've got close to God. You've opened up your heart to him. You've said, I'm available to you. You get by your life. You don't have to try to be something you're not. You get about your life and suddenly you come across someone's having a terrible time. And you know what? You may not be the best prophet in this room. You may not be the best preacher in this room, clearly because that's me. You may not be the best preacher in this room. You may not be the best musician or vocalist. You may not be the best prayer. You may not, be, you may not have a first class degree. But God put stuff in you at the start. And it might be, it just might be, it just might be. That person you bump into doesn't need a preacher. Doesn't need a musician. They need that someone like you who is prepared to stop in their day and just listen. How you doing? What's going on in your world? Well, it's terrible, actually. This has happened, and that's happened, and the other thing's happened, and I'm really struggling. And then, because God supersizes you, you just get this little key, this little wisdom, this little word, this little something that's helpful to them. And it's not about you being something you're not. It's about being something you are, an encouragement to say, come on, you're you're amazing, don't look at it like that. You could look at the situation three different ways and one of them leads to darkness and one of them leads to life and one of them stays still. Maybe you're the one who brings that key to make it lead to life. And it's not about being something you're not. It's about being supersized in what you are. Can you hear me? So so this actually, this picture is so exciting because what I'm not as as a church leader asking you to do is be something you're not. I'm actually saying, God, will you use me to be me? But I'm going to trust you in where you take me. I'm looking out for those bump into someone moments because they're going to happen. It's letting go 
and letting God. There's brilliance on the inside of you. And I want to say 2022 is the time to let it out. Come on, it's time to let it out. There's something brilliant on you. I want you not to listen to my stories, but I want you to have stories. I'm dreaming of the day in church life where I'll say, let's have a testimony morning. And actually the morning goes on for six days. (laughs) We've got so many testimonies. Why? Because a bunch of people just said yes. Yeah? Yeah. Touch three people and say it's time to say yes. Can I suggest then the easiest and most fruitful way of unleashing the best version of you is to actually connect with your maker because he knows what he put in you. You'd have been told stuff, you'd have achieved some stuff, you'd have been boxed in because that's what we do but your maker knows all about you and when you connect with him properly and unreservedly, he can bring out the best version of you but as with anything that's important to you, it takes time. You know, if you're going to be an athlete, if you're going to be a teacher, if you're going to be a musician, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, you know it takes some time and discipline. And it's the same with God. The issue with our relationship with God isn't on God's side. It's on our side. And it's a case of, can I put in the disciplines to engage in my relationship with God so I hear the Holy Spirit better? You know, I'm married to Sarah, and I would know her voice. If they did a line-up, of 20 women, and put a black curtain up there, and they all said, hello, Barry, I could pick out my wife. be a bit embarrassing if I didn't, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I picked out the only man in the lineup. up yeah. <laughs> Hello, Barry. Oh, Sarah! <laughs> but we need to be people that when we get the slightest prompt from the Holy Spirit, we know it's him. And the reason you know it's him is because you spend time with him. And so you learn to hear him. And it's as simple as that. This getting in the flow is actually about you making a decision in your heart on a day like today that says, I'm just going to step in. At the moment, I'm probably in a temple on dry ground. But you know what? I feel a bit inspired today. I'm taking a step. What does it feel like to actually develop a prayer life? Oh, do you know what? This week I've prayed every day and it's starting to feel good. Starting to hear that voice a little bit, and I'm ankle deep. I'm taking another little step. You know, I prayed for 10 minutes yesterday. I'm going 15 today. And oh, you know, I may not be the spiritual giant like someone else, but I'm on my journey and I'm knee deep in this. I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel what it feels like. And at that point, this is what I've experienced in church life. At that point, someone gets there and there's always a hiccup. There's always something that happens that brings disappointment, hurt, or frustration in your life. And this is what people do oh, that didn't work. But come on, God never said there's not going to be a hiccup. He actually said, as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Keep walking because there's a, there's a table at the end of it and it's a feast of life. But what we actually do is get there with God and go, oh, I'm hurting now. God wasn't really there. I tell you who's laughing then and it isn't heaven. And so you might have an experience, but I want to say, dig in, be disciplined. The river is going to take you somewhere good and you're going to bring life, but you have to stay in it. But then you get to that point where you think, yeah, I am staying in it. Yeah, that was a hiccup, but you know what? God's plans still are good and I trust him. So I'm taking another step and now I'm way steep. Now I'm starting to read my Bible. I won't ask for a hands up of who actually reads their Bible. I'm reading my Bible now, I'm getting some word in me. Oh, and it's exciting me. And actually, I've read that verse 20 times, but today I read it. But because I'm waist deep, I saw something different. And it's just like, oh, I feel inspired now. And then there's this point. 
just like getting in the sea. It's actually from that point more difficult to get out than just get all in. And there's a point in your Christian journey, and I want to suggest, could it be today, that you say, God, I'm taking my hands off and I'm just letting you go. And you jump in, and the word in Ezekiel says, then the river takes over. And it's from that point where you start taking over, where you bump into someone, you speak into a situation, something happens and you're not because you looked for it, just because you're in the flow. Not because you were trying to be something you want, just because you're trying to be you. And God put it in there right from the beginning. He says he's ordained these things from the beginning of time. I'm longing to hear all your stories of people you bump into and you bring life. And the reason life is going to be changed for them is because on a day like today, you decided in the temple to say, I'm all in God. I'm just taking my hands off now. Let's see where this journey goes. And God promises, I'm going to take you somewhere good. The, the thing is, it's like we need to get to that place where when we hear what we think is the slightest prompt, we just say yes. Here's the thing, you know, you might get prompted, and, and I, I'm, I've used this story lots of times, and it's one of my favourites from my mum's journey, where she was shopping in one of the supermarkets, it might have been Sainsbury's, there are plenty of others to choose from. But she was in this shopping queue about to pay for her food and this guy at the front was getting his, he's getting his shopping out and uh, he was adding up. And the Holy Spirit just prompted my mum and said, pay for that man's shopping. Pay for that man's shopping. Now, if that happened to you, what do you do? You're probably thinking, nah, it's embarrassing. I'm hearing this thing, but nah, that's not what it is. But you need to come to a point well, you just say yes. And my mum just said yes. And she sidled up to him as he's about to pay for his shopping. And she said, I feel a bit weird. I feel a bit awkward. But I'm a Christian. I feel like God's just told me to pay for your shopping. Can I pay for your shopping? The man burst into tears and says, I haven't got the money for this shopping. Praise God, I'm a Christian too. You see, just by saying yes in a weird old situation in the supermarket not super spiritual heaven didn't come down to earth she didn't float on the clouds she didn't develop wings and a halo it's just my mum who takes time to pray and time to get her foot in the water and has a willingness in her heart just to say yes when it feels stupid someone should get excited about this stuff and what she did is brought life she brought life to that man's situation and it's not all weird and out there, it's life. But it's us, the church, getting in the flow, saying, Lord, just speak to me. But when you speak to me, I'm choosing already to say yes. And that's easier said than done. And you may say no a million times, but on the, on the millionth and first time you say yes, I promise you it will lead to life. Don't beat yourself up when it doesn't go right. Just keep pressing and keep doing your best. You know, there's some great stories in our church life and... And people I've been talking to, there's someone in our church who uh, lost relationship with a relative, hadn't spoken for 17 years, 17 years. It's knocking on a whole generation. And uh, things had gone wrong in the past, there's lots of miscommunication, lots of hurt, and they just, time went on and they never spoke. And this person's been in the church and getting closer to God and challenging themselves to, to be a bit more like Jesus. And there was an opportunity recently in their life for them to cross paths. And it would have been really easy to exclude them, really easy not to speak to them. But they made a choice. And this is where I believe there's got to be a yes in your heart. They made a choice to reach out to that person, say, we want to see you there, will you come? 
and they came. And when they came, rather than being all awkward and weird like we do in the world, oh no, look who's here, flipping heck, can't believe they're here. I went straight up to them, gave them a hug and said, you're welcome here. And at that, this person had a tear in their eye and said, I've longed for this moment. Do you know, that is being in the flow. It's not a weird picture. It's actual life of people who come to Jesus, get a little bit more like him, and have a yes in their heart to take life outside. The relationship's healing. That is awesome. There's someone else in our church life who, through the lockdown, was in a position in their company, a reasonable-sized company, and and this person had the ability to decide whether they were going to furlough their staff on 80% or pay them their full wage. And he said, I just, I just couldn't, it didn't sit right with me. So I went to the bosses and I said, we need to pay our staff full wages. And they did. And they committed to paying their staff full wages all the way through the pandemic. And yet they've come out the other side winning. That brought life to people. Rather than scrabbling around with 80% of their wage trying to make ends meet as best they can, staying at home. No, you keep coming in. You keep doing your work from home. You keep doing what you've got to do and we're going to pay you full wage. That is bringing life. It was a little prompt in him that made him just say yes. It would have been easier to say no. I hope I'm just unpacking what this really means. You are awesome. You are God's put something on the inside of you. And this year, if you would just say yes, if you would just develop some disciplines in your life to take another step in the water, spend a bit more time with the Holy Spirit, get to hear his prompts. And when he says, there you go, there's your opportunity, just go for it. Just go for it. I'd be happy if you go for it and you fall flat on your face and you get up and just laugh and go, oh, well, I tried. (laughs) It's like riding a bike, isn't it? You get on the bike and you're all over the place. I remember one year, uh, one year I, was, I got a new bike. It was my birthday. And um, do you know when mum and dad are buying you a bike to grow into? <laughs> so I had this racing bike and uh, I went to get on this bike. <laughs> Can someone give me a leg up? And I got on this bike and I couldn't touch the floor. So I was either like that or like that. It was a racing bike. It was quite expensive. I was all chuffed. We lived in this cul-de-sac, and I had about 15 of my mates out there, and I was always trying to be the cool guy. This guy's like, go on, Barry. So I was all like this on my bike. I was all over the place. And I turned around and gave everyone and went straight into a parked car. <laughs> what an egg. But you know what? I could have thought, I'll shove that, leave that bike. But no, you get back up and get back on it, don't you? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. What's the worst could happen? Dr. Pepper. Are you with me? Are you willing to make yourself look a little bit foolish to let life flow? Are you willing just to have a yes in your heart, trusting God that he's going to cause you to flow somewhere good? The picture says everywhere it goes, life springs forth. Wouldn't it be awesome if this church became famous in our town? That Every time I bump into one of those Equippers Essex people, good things happen. Well, yes. Wouldn't that be great to be famous for? Come on, it's in our hands. God said, that's what I want you to do. So is there a yes or is there a no? And if we'll say yes, I believe we will become famous, not for our own fame, but for his fame. That every time we touch a life, heaven moves. Life happens. Supernatural things go around. Why did that happen? That's weird. It's not weird. That's my God. Yeah? I hope I'm stirring something in you. Let's, stay, let's keep practical. I'm going to read you one little portion of this, Ezekiel 47, uh, verses 9 and 10. Ezekiel 47, 9 and 10. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. 
There will be a large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi to the Englaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. What's going on here then? Can you see this picture? It's just like, what's going on? Can I suggest to you that that is a picture of business? Fishermen who need to find fish to trade and make their life happen. And so where this river flows, suddenly there is product. Suddenly there is flourishing. Suddenly there is this potential for these businessmen to trade at high levels. There is places to put your nets and cast and do the thing you've been called to do. Shouldn't life carry to your workplace? Why not? Workplace is important to so many people. Everyone needs to make a living and therefore it's important to God. And here's this picture. These people on the banks trading, looking to fish, but it's all become a bit dead. But where the life flows, suddenly business flows. What a great picture. God is practical. So what I want to do here is have a quick look at Daniel from the Old Testament. Not this Daniel. He's pretty cool too. But he's not that old. So we'll look at him from the Old Testament. And it says this. Daniel 6 verses 3 and 4. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could not find corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So here's this guy, Daniel. And Daniel's in a difficult moment. Daniel is this guy who has developed this relationship with his God. He prays, he reads his word, he's getting close to the Father. And yet he's been taken from his home nation Israel and been made captive in Babylon. That's a difficult moment. That's a hiccup. In fact, that's the hiccup of all hiccups. At which point Daniel could have said, shove this, this isn't working out. But no, 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 not our Daniel. Daniel says, I'm in this difficult moment, but I still trust the flow. I'm here, but I know I'm in the flow, so maybe, just maybe, just maybe God wants me here. And therefore, I'm going to go with it. And so he doesn't change what he's doing. And he shows the qualities of a man who loves God. Trustworthy, diligent, faithful, on time. All these kind of things which are natural things, but they are the natural things that outwork of someone who loves God. And so when they tried to pin things on him, there was nothing to pin on him. Because he honoured his God all of the time. They didn't like it. Because what was happening? This man who honoured God in the workplace was now catching the attention of the king. And he was being promoted above them. People don't like that. So they're trying to point at him. But rather than fight it, Daniel's just like, I'm going with it. God's got me. I'm in the flow. You can try and stop it. But who knows? You can't stop the flow of God. And so he just stayed with who he was. And here's for me where it gets really exciting. Daniel 5 verses 11 and 12. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Who knows you can go into the workplace and just have a different spirit about you. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops. You don't have to get your Bible out and smash someone around the face with it. You don't have to wear sandals and socks. You don't have to have the biggest cross in history. I am a Christian, you know. You just have to have the spirit of the living God living in you and put it on display which can look like diligence, 
which can look like faithfulness, which can look like kindness, which can look like willing to be going the extra mile. And here is this guy, and they've noticed it. He's got the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time your father was found to have insight, in the time of your father, he was found to have insight, intelligence, and wisdom like that of the gods. Wow. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, who the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. This is what's happening. Here's this man, Daniel, who has decided he's just getting in the flow. He wants to live life in the flow with his God. He spends time in prayer. He develops disciplines so that he can hear the Father's voice. He gets in his word. He lives it. He's faithful with it. And he takes that same attitude to the workplace. Now he's not at home. He's not at the temple. He's in the workplace. But he's the same Daniel. Nothing changes. People start to notice. Because when he's there, it feels different. But then there's this situation and the king can't fathom it out. And this is what I love and I want to declare it over you. He was diligent and faithful, but when the need arose, they looked at him and they then asked him, in this workplace, not the home, not the temple, in this workplace, will you flow in your spiritual gifts? They asked him. He didn't go steaming in there saying, oh, let me interpret your dreams. Let me give you a word of wisdom. He was faithful, he was diligent, he was trustworthy, and he carried a different spirit. It was the spirit that he disciplined himself to work with in the quiet moments. What could our quiet moments look like when the goal is to flow with life? Could we just up our game a little bit? And what that's really doing is taking another step into the flow to the, get to the point where you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so clearly that it will just flow with you. And you'll find yourself bumping into someone. And because you're kind, they'll listen to you. But then there's your spiritual gifts. Maybe you'll get a word of wisdom. Maybe you'll get a prophetic word. Maybe God will prompt you to, to work in that gift of giving that you carry. That actually you've got a situation, but you know what? I'm not going to tell you how to handle it. I'm going to give you the money to sort it out. Wouldn't it be great, church, if wherever we go, we don't have to be what we're not, we just have to be what we are. Because God put it in there in the first place. But it starts in a decision in your heart to say, I want to tune into you more. I want to tune into you more. And then we can start to flow out of the temple and into wherever the Holy Spirit takes us. This could be such an exciting year. What a picture, what an inspiration. What I love is that wherever you go, you can very easily be a person of excellence, integrity, and generosity, just because that reflects our God. There's got to be something different. That's who he is. And as opportunity arises, you will take healing wherever you go. Come on, someone, stir yourself up and say, come on, I've got to make a decision. Stepping into the river for me actually means putting some disciplines in my life so that I can move forward. This is really... A choice, and I love seeing the faces today because you made a choice today. You made a choice to say coming to church is important. Coming to bow the knee and raise my hands to my Father is important. Do you know your worship is, is the only thing you can give to God that no one else can give? Only you can give your worship to God. 
So when you come this morning and say, thank you, Jesus, and sing in that horrendous singing voice you've got, God doesn't care what it sounds like. He hears your heart. And only you can give him that. No one else can give him that. But you did. And you chose this morning to come on a Sunday morning when you could have laid in bed because it's important to me to give God my heart all over again. And as we come together, what happens? We get this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, come on, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out. I'm taking you to that workplace. I'm taking you to, to the university. I'm taking you to the school. I'm taking you to your street. Uh, I'm taking you on the school run. I don't know where you find yourself. I'm taking you to the gym, to the pub, to the nightclub. I don't know where you find yourself. But when you flow with the Spirit, you will bring life. Amen. It's all based on a decision. When you look at it through the eyes of how Daniel lived, he created disciplines to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then he chose to live without compromise. And these are the things, we know them, but when you put them into the context of this picture, I want to be coming to church, the temple, giving you my worship, hearing your word, and then flowing out, knowing that I can hear you better. And as I flow out, I'm going to be the best version of me, I'm not going to compromise, and I'm going to trust you, God, that you'll take me somewhere I can bring life. It's flowing. It's letting go and letting God. And here's the thing, as you do that, God loves you. One of the things I've found in leading a church for all these years now is that most people come to church to see what they can get out of it. We've got a picture here saying God wants the church to give out. But I know we're people. I don't want to pretend any different. We're people. What am I getting out of this? Well, Proverbs 18, 16 says this. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. When you choose to say, Lord... I'm starting to understand this picture a bit more and I'm actually going to find myself disciplining myself in my prayer life, in my worship life, in my Bible reading, in my attending small groups. In the, just challenge myself to get closer to you so I'm going to hear you. When you challenge yourself there and you learn to flow with him by being who you are, God will put you in front of people who can change your world. Daniel was highlighted by the king and the king says, I want him to rule. Not because he shouted and went to his door and knocked his door down and says, why aren't I in an important position? It's just because he was faithful and he showed a different spirit. I wonder how many of you could go somewhere new because God puts you in contact with someone who could make a decision to change your life. Because in the end, God works with people so often. But your key for that to happen for you is to start stepping into the water, creating the disciplines, start feeling what it's like, Start taking your hands off and saying, okay, God, I feel in control at the moment, but I'm willing. If you give me an opportunity today, I'm just going to go for it. That's what, that's what diving in is. It's just like you could say, oh, I'm in control, I'm in control. Here's an opportunity. Oh, no, I don't fancy it. Well, that's fine. I still love you, but you're in control. At some point, you've got to take your hands off. Oh, yeah, okay, there's another opportunity. Oh, you know, oh, I'm just going for it. There's that moment when you get into cold water, you just choose to go for it, isn't there? Where you're like, oh, it's freezing, it's freezing. <laughs> go! And you get in there and it's, it's cold for a second. Then, oh, it's actually all right. I believe that's going to be your experience. There's going to be a moment in time when you see an opportunity and you know, you know, you know God's put you there. You just know it. I don't know how you explain that better other than you just know it. And there's an opportunity and you're like, shall I, shall I? Oh, I've got to speak up. Yes. And you're going to go, oh, it's a bit weird to start with, but it's really good. And God's going to go, here comes the life. Here comes the provision. Here comes the miracle, just because you said yes. It's flowing with the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to pray for you. I could say lots more, but I think I've made my point. Could you stand? Jesus. Okay, Jesus. Can I just invite you just to close your eyes if you're willing? I want you to know that I'm so passionate about you guys. You know, when God called me to lead a church, it's funny what goes on the inside of the leader. I so care about you as individuals, I care about what's happening to you. But all that's done for me is give me a tiny little glimpse of how God feels about you. Because he cares a billion times more than I could ever care. Father loves you. He's put brilliance on the inside of you. And he's jealous that it will come out. Because you're part of his plan. And the thing is, through life we take knocks, we lose confidence, maybe even lose a bit of faith. But God's the same. He's never going to change. And he still says, I love you. He still says, you're awesome. He still says there's brilliance on the inside of you. I know you've taken your knocks, but I'm here. And I've still got a plan for you. And I still want to use you. Will you let me? Will you let me? Will you let me use that gift I put on the inside of you? Because if you do, someone's life's going to get better. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just move amongst this room right now and you touch hearts and you'd cause a yes to spring up in us that it says, yes, I want to be part of this river. Yes, I want to be part of someone's solution. Yes, I want to be available to the purposes of heaven. I just say yes. Just with every eye closed, if you're someone right now who's feeling like there's a yes in my heart, just as a sign to heaven, you just stick one hand in the air. It's just a sign of me, I'm saying yes. Today, I choose yes. This isn't a salvation prayer. This is acknowledgement. There's a yes in my heart to be available to the purposes of God. If that's you, come on, stick your hand up. Let's say yes. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. I'm going to assume if you haven't put a hand up, that's a no. If there's a yes in your heart, put your hand in the air. Just as a sign to say, God, I'm available. God, I'm saying yes. This is a sign for me to you to say I mean it. Lord God, you see all the hands, you see all the hearts, you see all the ups and downs, you see the struggles. But as a church, we say yes. Use us. Give us opportunities, I pray, to step into someone's situation and bring something of heaven to earth. Give us wisdom, give us words, give us provision, whatever it might be in that moment. Lord, I pray that we can settle it, that we don't have to be something we're not. We just have to be the best version of ourselves. You can put your hands down before you get an achy arm. God, can I just pray for people who have just had their confidence knocked in who you really are. We get battered about in life, don't we? And it robs from us. It hurts us. But you've only got to read Joel. And God says, I'll repay you more. I'll give it back to you, all that's been stolen. You've only got to look at Jesus, the great healer. 
We stand in the presence of the one who can put all that right and free you up to be what you're always supposed to be and who you're always supposed to be. So Lord God, I just lift up everyone to you right now who's taken a knock in their life. Who's had something robbed from them. And I ask as only you can that you would give them back what's been taken. That you would heal wounds, heal hearts, heal the words that have been said. And you would restore our confidence, not just in who we are, but in who you are in us. Confidence, church. You are brilliant. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. And God wants to bless you and use you. Father, I want to ask, even this week, that we would get an opportunity to say yes. Just as someone's life, some situation, something where we could step in and bring life so that we've got a a story to tell of your goodness. We trust you, Jesus. We jump in, Holy Spirit, and say, lead us. Take us where you need us to be and use us to be the ones that bring some hope back into this world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gentleness that's in this room right now, the softness that's in this room right now. I ask that from this soft place, we can walk away and suddenly have boldness arise in us, courage arise in us. Be courageous, church. Be courageous, church. Someone out there needs you to be courageous. Be courageous. Be generous. Give it all away. You'll bring life. And I declare it over you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. God bless you guys.